just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. It's been kind of an eventful but uh, a quiet weekend. I think I told you in the last podcast that my wife, my sister-in-law, and my two nieces were going out of town, going to Seattle. And it's always good when you have a chance to be alone, have some freedom, not be uh, obligated to somebody else or somebody else's entertainment, just to be by yourself for a little bit. And and frankly, I enjoy that. I don't mind being alone. But after four days of being without my wife here, um, it's kind of weird because she's the one I hang out with. She's the one I go out and have fun with and do things with. So right now I'm going to pick her up later tonight and I'm anxious to have her back. The upside of it, though, is I haven't been yelled at for four days, so that's even weird. <laughs> but I'll... I'll <laughs> I'll welcome a good reprimand when she gets back into town. It'll probably take her a day or so, but it's coming. It's coming eventually. I wanted to bring up a couple of things before we got into it, as they say. Last night, my wife's away. It's a little later at night than I would normally do it, but I thought, what the heck, I'm going to do a live. Now, the last time I did a live prior to that, I had a little trouble with some trolls. And I had some of my listeners on TikTok offer to be moderators. I said, hell yeah, I need moderators. Let's get rid of these trolls. And a couple of people offered up their services to be moderators. And they said, well, let us know when you go back on live again. And of course, I did it kind of off the cuff. I didn't think about it, so I didn't mention it to them. I decided I'd go live. I can handle trolls. That's no big deal. They're not too smart. But there's a lot of issues and a lot of reasons not to deal with trolls. Anyway, I did the live, probably about 10.30 my time. And all was going pretty well for a while. You know, we had the people who were regular viewers and and, uh, maybe some new ones too and had a lot of good questions and hopefully I had some decent answers. But then the trolls started cropping up. And you can always tell the trolls because they they say the same old stupid shit. Conspiracy theories or just attacks or whatever. And over the years, I've handled my share of these people. But there's something I learned about being on TikTok and dealing with um, trolls. There's really only one way to handle them. And that's just to get rid of them right away. Now, some of them will say, well, you just don't want to talk about the problem. Well, no, here's the thing. I can debate with you all night, but you're not going to listen to facts and you're not going to listen to me. So there's really no point to do it. And if I get angry with you and I say something mean to you, or at least in your um, in your opinion, it's mean, then you're going to run away, run away crying and uh, talk to TikTok and tell them to Take down that video because it's bullying or nudity or whatever the hell it is. I mean, we're seeing this running rampant throughout TikTok. There's a lot of big creators that are getting taken down and even banned because of literally troops of these trolls. See, it's not just one or two trolls now. 
They're so mad that they lost. They're so mad that they're being made to look stupid. They're so mad that Donald Trump is a piece of crap, and now it's becoming to light for everyone to see, that all they can really do is attack. And that's why I don't usually engage with them. On TikTok, if I see a troll who's saying something stupid, something conspiratorial, or just attacking somebody, they're gone. Because I don't want to hear it, and secondly, I don't want to give them the opportunity to take down something I'm doing on TikTok. Well, I went against my rules yesterday when I went on live, and I started to get one troll, and then another troll, and then another troll, and then I got a whole bunch of trolls. At first, I acknowledged a couple of them in a nice way, but direct. I wasn't looking to start an argument because I knew that wasn't going to get anywhere. But then all of a sudden, I got all these trolls. They started taking over the live, and the people that were normal were either being quiet or took off. And I don't blame them at all for taking off because it ends up being a shit show when you've got all these trolls in there. And then you've got somebody doing the live that ends up being um, defensive and they start debating about stupid shit. That's not entertaining. That's not informative. That's not fun to listen to. So at some point, I basically shut it down. So what I realized at this point, I don't know why I'm getting more trolls than I normally have. But I am. Maybe it was the time of day. It doesn't matter. Those trolls are out there, and they're out to be destructive. They want to put chaos into any of the messages going out on live that are contradictory to Donald Trump or the whole Republican regime. And they want to try to take you down. That's their only strategy. They can't hit you with facts. They can't hit you with decency. They can't hit you with truth. So they just attack like terrorists do. So... When I shut that down, I vowed to myself, I'm definitely getting some moderators next time. And next time I do a live, it's not only going to be talking to the people I want to talk to about the things I want to talk about, but we're going to harvest some of these trolls. What we're going to do is with the moderators, anybody that gets out of line in the least little bit, they're going to get shut down and kicked out. And I want to get a list of every one of these people to make sure they are blocked on my page. I've said to people, I block literally thousands of uh, Trump trolls. And people think I'm being, or I'm exaggerating. I'm not. Every day I go on my videos and I look for those Trump trolls and I immediately, I immediately uh, block them and get rid of them. I mean, I can do 10, 12 a day, depending on how many videos and what the videos are about. So I would think I blocked at least a couple thousand of them. And that's what I attribute to being able to maintain not getting videos taken down or getting banned or those kinds of things. Because I'm not saying anything nicer than some of these people that are getting banned. The problem with it is people get into these things and they get emotional. I can be guilty of it too. You can't let emotions get into it. Now then you're in a battle. And even if you beat these people, (laughs) you know, I'm basically going in to a battle of wits with unarmed people. But when you beat them, they get mad and then they attack. And so the whole process of engaging with them makes no sense. But the reason why people do engage with them is they're trying to trigger you. They're trying to get your emotions up. And sometimes they can do that. So in order to avoid that, we need to get rid of them. So on the next live, we're going to make sure that it's safe and comfortable for everybody who comes that's decent, that's normal. Now, that's not to say that you can't be be uh, different than what I believe. 
You can disagree with me. I have no problem with that. In fact, I encourage it. If you disagree with me, that's fine. All you have to do is be intelligent and respectful. I'll do the same to you, and we'll see what we get. I'll even put you up in a live with me if you disagree with me. And as long as we can keep it respectful and normal, I'll keep it going. But if not, you're gone and you're blocked. So anyway, those folks that did join me on the live, thank you very much. I apologize for the shit show it turned into, but you can be uh, be aware that uh, the next live will be a lot tamer and a lot more in line with the things that we normal people want to talk about. And there won't be any attacks and there won't be any Trump trolls out there causing all kinds of problems. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, I had a young man uh, email me the other day and he asked me if I would be on his podcast. Now I've had other people ask me to be on their podcast, but you know, what's funny about those things is nobody ever follows through. Not sure why. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm happy to be on somebody's podcast, but I'm not going to beg to be on somebody's podcast because I have a podcast. You're listening to it. I don't like going on other podcasts and promoting my podcast, and I don't want to have a podcast where people come on simply to promote their podcast. If I can't get you some decent information in a podcast or a TikTok, I don't need to do it. But anyway, he called me or, or emailed me and said, would you be on my podcast? Now, this gentleman's name is Ian McFerrin. Nice young man. Presumably a lawyer because the name of his podcast is um, Lockdown Law. So when I saw the name of it, I said, uh, Ian, I, I'd be happy to be on your podcast, but you know, what do I have that interests you on a podcast named Lockdown Law? And he said, well, yeah, you're not the kind of guest I would normally have on, but uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about some political things, maybe some of your background. I said, it still makes no sense to me. He said, oh, and by the way, (laughs) my mom is a huge fan of yours. Oh, okay, now I get it. You want to kind of get some points with mom? And uh, if, if there's somebody out there that listens to me on TikTok or in the podcast that wants me on their son's or daughter's podcast, I'm in. I'm going to say what I say. You can like it or not like it, but I'm just going to be me. And I told him that ahead of time. I said, you know, I'm not the typical kind of guest that you're going to have on here, and I'm not going to stop or hold back from saying certain things. So just be aware of that up front. He said, no, 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 I get it. I get it. So I did the podcast, and it was fun. He was a he did a good job, and uh, it was a good podcast. He asked me about my background, and he asked me about some political issues and stuff, at least from my standpoint, and uh, it went pretty well. We were in agreement on a lot of things, so we were on the same page as far as uh, political ideology. What was funny is that he sent me a link to the podcast once it was completed. He sent it to me today, so I listened to it. I don't usually listen to my own podcasts because I know what I said. I said it. I don't need to listen back to it. I got to think about the next podcast, not the past podcast. Anyway, I listened to this podcast because I wanted to see how he put it together. And uh, anytime you have somebody else putting something together that you said, you got to be kind of careful. You got to kind of trust these people because they can do some certain things that don't make you look good. Unfortunately, Ian wasn't trying to do that. And it was fine. He basically put his questions with my answers. And it was pretty much the way we had the phone call. So that went well. 
but what what I felt a little guilty about. Now, Ian appears to be a lawyer. And I would presume that to be the case. He seems to be a pretty straight-laced, down-the-line kind of guy. So he probably did something he's never had to do on his podcast before. It kind of made me feel guilty, but I had to laugh. There was a um, a notice on the first part of the podcast before it started. <laughs> and and he was apologizing ahead of time because some of the language might be harsh. And if you're troubled by harsh language, you probably shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> the reason I feel guilty is because he's doing it for me. I'm the only one that might say a swear word. He certainly is not. So I felt guilty that he had to do that. But I, I credit him this. And I never said anything really bad, but typical me. I, I am me, and I'm just that's all I'm going to be. People say, shouldn't swear so much. Well, I'm sorry. That's me. It may be a flaw in my personality, but that's what I do. And I've always wanted to be authentic, whether it be on TikTok or in the podcast. I want you to know who I am. If you met me off TikTok or off the podcast, I would be exactly like you see me in the podcast or on TikTok. I might even swear more in person. Anyway, I did the podcast. It turned out well. If you have an interest in listening to it, he does get into some of my background that may interest you. Talk about politics, probably a lot of things I've talked about before on TikTok. But if you have a mind to listen to it, go into the description of this podcast. And down below it, I will put a link so you can get to that podcast and take a listen to it. So this is a young kid talking about the law. He's working hard doing what he's trying to do here. He had the uh, goodness of having me on the podcast so if you have a mind click on the link um, and support this kid with the podcast now when I say kid I'm not talking 12 13 I'm he's probably 35 maybe 30 35 in that range that's a kid to me I'm 61 I have kids that are 32 and 27 if you're under 50 you're a kid to me anyhow we're moving along just wanted to give you those precursors so you knew what was going on with the live and give you a heads up on the podcast I was on. Uh, and if any one of you out there have a podcast and want me to be on it, I'd be happy to do it if I could offer anything that's beneficial to your podcast. I'm not going to go on there and promote my podcast. That's not not, not how I do things. I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'd be happy to do it. Just give me a, give me an email at uh, rationalboomer.com at gmail.com, and then we can talk from there. There's a lot of things to talk about that's going on in the country. I know we're coming out of the weekend, so uh, a lot of things kind of tail off. But we've got some interesting things coming this week, and uh, we need to talk about it. So let's get into it. We have the House Select Committee investigation into the January 6th insurrection. Now, you remember the Democrats took this to the Republicans and said, let's do a bipartisan 9-11 level uh, inquiry. Everybody will have the same amount of members on each side and uh, we'll find out what happened and who was involved. Well, for whatever reason, the Republicans weren't interested in that. They didn't want to talk about it. 
And it may be largely due to the fact that there may be some Republicans in their ranks that were actually part of it, and they don't want to expose that. They figure, we just won't talk about it, and it won't hurt us in 2022. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to affect you in 2022 because the Democrats aren't going to shut up about it, and we the people are not going to forget about it. So anyway, they didn't do the bipartisan 9-11 level uh, commission, so Nancy Pelosi says, I'm going to do it myself, and she has. She named eight people to the uh, commission or committee right away. There are seven Democrats, and there was one Republican, Liz Cheney. That was a good move because as much as she's conservative, not somebody I would ever vote for, we know she has some integrity. We know she has some decency and honesty. And she, we know that she has trouble with the insurrection. It's amazing there are some people that don't have trouble with the insurrection. So anyway, that's who she named. Now, Kevin McCarthy had the right to uh, pick five Democrats to be on the committee. However, as I've told you before, Nancy Pelosi had the option of rejecting any or all of the people that he put up. And, of course, he had a doozy of uh, five five uh, candidates for the committee. And Nancy rejected Jim Banks and uh, Jim the Creeper Jordan for obvious reasons. I mean, the fact of the matter is Jim Jordan could very well have been involved in this whole insurrection from the inside. So to have him on the committee is absolutely ridiculous. So she rejected him. I'm telling you a lot of stuff I've already told you, but I'm setting this up for the next step that that happened that Nancy Pelosi did. So when she rejected the two, of course, Kevin McCarthy got all butthurt and said, oh, okay, I'll take all my candidates off and I won't be involved. We'll boycott this. And then we will tell everybody that this is a sham, which is what they're doing, and that it's all partisan crap and it doesn't count for anything. Well, the fact of the matter is, with Liz Cheney on the committee, it is bipartisan. But Nancy Pelosi had something else up her sleeve to make it even more so and make it more difficult for Republicans to claim partisanship and that it's a sham. So she announced that she also appointed Adam Kinzinger, who is a Republican House representative, and he's also spoke out about insurrection. He's also spoken out about Donald Trump. He's one of a few of the Republicans who actually stands up to Donald Trump and isn't worried about being primaried or anything like that. So now she's put Adam Kinzinger on this um, on this committee. So now we have seven Democrats and two Republicans. For all intents and purposes, this is bipartisan. The Republicans can do whatever they want, but they can't call it bipartisan. Nancy Pelosi has stolen stolen some of their ammo that they were counting on. See, that's the thing. They didn't want to talk about the insurrection at all because they know it's going to work against them. So when it came apparent that they would have to talk about it, that it would be exposed, the next step would be to discount it, dismiss it, cause chaos around it, which always struck me as strange. You would think you'd want Republican people in the mix on the committee so that they could throw chaos and cloud the issues. 
But instead, he decided to go with his ego, pull all his people out, and let Nancy Pelosi have her way with all the information that's going to come out. She put a couple of Republicans on there. Granted, they don't think the same way when it comes to policy, but they all agree that this was a tragic event when the insurrection happened. These people were trying to overturn the government, undermine democracy. They were threatening the lives of the vice president and the Speaker of the House. They did damage, and they injured people in the process. This is something we have never seen in this country. Not in our era anyway. Maybe around the Civil War there might have been some things. But in modern times, nothing like this has happened. And to just forget about it and act like it never happened is very dangerous because that leaves the door open for happening again. So it's absolutely crucial we have this investigation. It's absolutely crucial that we expose to the public what happened and who was involved. Now, for whatever reason, the Republicans don't want that to happen. And again, you can only presume is because it makes the Republicans look bad and there may be somebody in their ranks that was involved. It's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be a very interesting week when this all gets started. I'm not sure if it's Tuesday or what it is. Uh, But they're going to start off by talking to the Capitol Police, the folks that were out there fighting against this unruly crowd, this band of insurrectionists. So they're going to offer us some interesting insights. They're going to tell us some things that uh, we maybe didn't know. They're also going to take it a step beyond that and a step beyond that. They're going to have the power to subpoena people, anybody. Now, it's not like when Donald Trump was in office and the subpoena didn't mean shit. Now it has some teeth. If someone is subpoenaed, they're going to have to show up or there are going to be some legal consequences. And if they come and they decide to lie, well, that's perjury. And that can be jail time. They aren't going to have the option to delay it. They aren't going to have the option to lie. And it's going to be very interesting to see who they subpoena. Now, they could subpoena anybody. They could subpoena Ivanka Trump. They could subpoena Kevin McCarthy. They can uh, uh, subpoena uh, Mark Meadows. They can even subpoena Donald Trump. And that's a distinct possibility because, you know, he's accused of inciting the riot. And if he's there, who knows how else he's connected. It would make sense to subpoena him and have him talk. Now, here's the funny thing. They never want Donald Trump to talk under oath because the man can't help himself but lie. He will lie every time he opens his mouth. So the moment he's in front of Congress testifying, almost instantaneously, he's going to be guilty of perjury. He just can't help himself. So it'll all be very interesting to see how this all shakes out. Now, The way this has gone down with the committee with seven Democrats and two Republicans, Republicans not too happy about that for obvious reasons. I'll talk more about that right after this quick break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So on the select committee, Kevin McCarthy has kind of overplayed his hand trying to be the tough guy. But uh, apparently Nancy Pelosi is tougher. She saw the bully, slapped him in the mouth, and put him in his place. She appointed seven Democrats and two Republicans. No way around it. This is a bipartisan committee. They aren't going to be able to complain about that. So needless to say, some of the Republicans are up in arms. They got played by Nancy Pelosi. And now they don't know what to do. They want to dismiss or discount this committee because that's all they have left. They had plenty of opportunities to be involved and maybe try to cloud the issues, create chaos. But now they can't because Nancy Pelosi's in charge and all the people that are on the committee agree with Nancy Pelosi. That's good for us as a nation because that will expose the truth and get it to us with all the ridiculous nonsense that a Jim Jordan or a Jim Bakes might mix into the whole investigation, causing delays and troubles and confusion and that sort of thing. They aren't going to be able to do that now. So we'll be interested to see how that all shakes out. And it's starting this week. And this could go on for a while. And whatever comes out could cause other things like uh, indictments and could cause uh, investigations and trials and such. And you can bet this is going to continue all the way through 2022, which is what the Republicans don't want. They don't need any more bad press than they already have going into the 2022 midterm election. That's why when people say it's a foregone conclusion that the Republicans will take back the House and the Senate because that's the way it always goes, I disagree. These are extraordinary times, times when things have happened that never happened before. So to suggest that history is the answer as to what will happen in 2022, I don't see it. I don't see it. We don't know what's going to happen. In the next year and a half, a lot of things are going to happen most of which won't be positive for the Republicans. So anyway, the Republicans are a little angry about this situation with the select committee. So uh, Representative Pat Toomey stood up, and he's all losing his shit and stuff, and says, oh, the Democrats are just trying to use this politically. They want to use it to cause problems with the Republicans so they can win in 2022. And of course, the Democrats will come back and say, how dare you? This is bigger than politics. This is an insurrection of our government. And that's true. But let's be honest, it is political. If you're telling me the Democrats aren't doing this for political reasons, you'd be lying. You'd be wrong. But the fact of the matter is this actually did happen. This is something that needs to be done. So it's a double-edged sword for the Republicans. You have somebody try to overthrow your country, you need to investigate it. There's no two ways about it. You can bet if it were the Democrats, the Republicans will be all over it. But secondly, you can't help but have this be political. 
That's what parties do. Everything they do is about politics. What's going to make them look good and what's going to make the other guys look bad? It just so happens in this case it isn't made up because they actually did some bad shit. But when you're going to charge the capital, try to overthrow the government, undermine democracy, even have people running through the halls defecating and urinating everywhere, desecrating our U.S. Capitol. You can't help but be political. That's what this is all about. This is one political party being mad at another political party because that political party beat them in election. It's as simple as that. The Democrats won fair and square. The Republicans or the Trumplicans or the Rednecks or whoever you want to call them don't like the outcome. So instead of just accepting it like big boys and girls... They want to fight about it. They want to lie about it. They want to try to cheat. And that's who they are. So this is all very political. And this will all have a bearing when it comes to the election, the midterms in 2022. It can't help it. I mean, if you're deciding to vote in 2022... And you know the Republicans staged an insurrection. And you know that sitting Congress people actually were involved in it, the planning, the tours, whatever they did. If you know that, how in any good conscience could you vote for a Republican? You want more of the same? You know, it's real easy. What they've done is treasonous. We know that. And all they can do is say, no, it's not and lie and divert and distract and all those sort of things. But once the evidence is in public and everybody can see it free and clear, it's going to be harder to deny. There still will be people who will deny it. The 30% base will always deny it because, first of all, they're stupid, and second of all, that's all they've got. But the good people in the middle that don't know really what's going on will have to address the truth that's sitting in front of them. See, the problem in this country, we have no unbiased media. We have the OANs, the Newsmax, and the Fox that just give you the Republican rhetoric. That's the only place these people watch the media, and that's all they get. There's a lot of things happening out here that they don't even know about because those folks don't report on it. Now, of course, on the other side, it's the same thing with the Democrats. We only see a certain side of things. And that's really the trouble with the media in this country these days. Media used to be with news. You'd be given the facts, and you had a choice to decide whether you liked it or didn't like it and how you were going to vote. Well, that's not an option anymore. There's a lot of outlets for media, and each media outlet is kind of localized in certain areas that they focus on. So if that's all you watch, that's all you know. That's why it's incumbent on people to dig deeper, look deeper. And I know a lot of people don't have the time to do it, and that's part and parcel to why I do it. I listen to a lot of media outlets. I'll be honest with you, I don't listen to Fox or OAN because everything that comes out of their mouth is lies. But I listen to CNN, MSNBC, BBC, um, all these other news organizations, but I don't take what they tell me as truth until I do a little further digging and see if what they're saying matches up with whatever facts are being reported. And then I make the choice as to what I talk about. 
So when you listen to TikToks or listen to my podcast, what you're going to get is the facts to the best of my ability. And if those facts speak badly of the Democrats, you will get those too. I've done a couple TikToks kind of having a problem with Biden lately and not wanting to get rid of the filibuster. He should want to get rid of the filibuster, but he's an old-time senator. That's been there. That's kind of a safety net for both the Democrats and Republicans. Whoever is in the minority uses that to block the other party. I've always said, let's get rid of it. Let's be a true democracy where majority rules, 51 votes, wins. And if it's Republican, so be it. If it's Democrat, so be it. At least we don't have this logjam, and at least we get some things done. And if the Republicans are in, they got 51 votes, and they're passing things you don't like, that's more uh, encouragement for you to vote Democrat and work a little harder and speak a little louder. Now, the trouble I had with Biden on this thing is he said, well, if we get rid of the filibuster, nothing will get done. Really, Joe? Because nothing's getting done now and we do have the filibuster. Not a good answer. We need a better answer. We need a better plan. So as I say, I'll speak up about the Democrats as well as the Republicans, but the Republicans are the true problem here. And when we get this um, situation set up with this um, select committee, it'll be interesting to see what we have come out of this. And as I said, Pat Toomey's worried about this being a political thing for the Democrats. Well, Pat, I'm sorry to tell you, it is going to be political because this is about politics. This is about our government. This is about our two parties. One party did some very bad things. And when it comes to the election, you need to be accountable. You need to know that this was bad and you shouldn't do it again. And the people like us need to know all about it. Hence the select committee that's going to expose all the facts. On to the next thing. We had the uh, Arizona audit going on. Now I get people calling me and texting me and emailing me. It's not Arizona. It's just Maricopa County. Gotcha. I understand what you're saying. There are other people in other parts of Arizona that aren't stupid, like the reps in Maricopa County. But we're getting this from the Republican reps in the House in Arizona. Not all of these reps that are standing behind this audit are from Maricopa County. They're from all over the state. They're Republicans. And again, they're butthurt because they lost. And now they want this audit. But the problem with the audit is when they took took off and, and started this audit, the cyber ninjas, they said, oh, it'll take about three weeks. Well, it's been about four to five months now. And we still don't know anything that has occurred that shows there is election fraud. Three weeks to five months. What's going on? Why can't you tell us? Why do you keep moving the ballots around the country? Here's the thing. <laughs> this is costing Arizona taxpayers a lot of money. First, let's start with Donald Trump. Donald Trump did another rally in Arizona, spewing the same stuff. Oh, it was election fraud. Oh, I won. He was touting the Arizona audit as the chance to flip the election. <laughs> well, 
if by some way you could flip Arizona, that doesn't flip the election because it still doesn't give you enough um, enough electoral votes. But here's the deal. Everything in Arizona has been certified. It's done. Even if you found legitimate fraud, it's not going to flip the election. What you're going to have to do at that point is go back to court and show them the evidence and try to get them to do something. But by the time they do something, we'll be so far into this administration, it won't matter. But the fact is, there is no evidence because it has been brought to court. It has been brought to the Supreme Court, and it's been thrown out because there's nothing there. So Donald Trump goes down there, puts on his little soiree, and of course, he likes to do a lot of fancy things because he's special. He's Donald Trump. He's a fucking billionaire. So he goes down there and puts on these events, and of course, he puts it on credit with the Arizona because that's how he does things. And the Arizona Republicans are saying, well, Donald Trump will pay for it. He's a billionaire. Yeah. No, he won't. Donald Trump hasn't paid for shit in all of his rallies. There are states all across the country, probably in Arizona, too, that have had Donald Trump events and never gotten paid back. That's who Donald Trump is. And then you throw in the fact that with cyber ninjas messing with the voting machines, now we hear that they're tainted. Yeah, they're tainted, so they can't use them in the next election. So Maricopa County now has to buy new voting machines to the tune of $2.8 million. Now, you can talk about whatever you want as far as election fraud and those sorts of things, but when are the Arizona taxpayers going to get tired of throwing money down a pit of steaming, burning shit? That's all they're doing. They're throwing money into this pit, taxpayers' money, and getting nothing in return. This is something that's really got to cause a problem for Republicans come election time. Once they realize how much money was spent, how much money was lost come election time, and they know the Republicans are responsible for it, well, that's going to be a problem for them. And again, that's part of why I say 2022 isn't a foregone conclusion for the Republicans. They got too much shit raining down on them between now and then, and it's going to be a problem for them. Last thing, oh, by the way, Donald Trump kept saying, yeah, we got to find the routers. We got to find the routers. He doesn't even know what a fucking router is or what it does. It's a buzzword he heard, and he thinks, this is where we're going to find all the information. You're not going to find shit for information on the routers. You keep telling us, oh, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need the uh, voting machines. Every time you tell us you need something more and still nothing comes out of it other than you fucking up things for Maricopa County. So don't listen to Donald Trump with the routers. He's not going to get the routers. Even if he got the routers, you know, they probably try to find bamboo in the routers because that's how fucking stupid they are. I want to talk about the virus um, for a minute or two or five. Um, You're seeing some interesting things. You're seeing Sean Hannity, Mitch McConnell, people on the Republican side coming out and say, hey, you better get your vaccine. You better get the vaccine. Which is weird because they told us that COVID was a hoax. They told us that masks worked against our civil rights. 
and they were against the vaccine because they were going to put a microchip in you or magnetize you or change your DNA. They stood by that. They did that for the last year and a half. But now they're saying, oh, you better take the vaccine. This is serious. You better take it serious. And why are they doing that? Well, they're doing it for one simple reason. Now the COVID pandemic is only killing people who are unvaccinated, who are largely Republican, who are largely Trumplicans. So now they're seeing that their audience or their uh, constituents are now dying in large numbers. And we aren't even to the bad part. Some people have predicted a thousand people a day. Now, a lot of times they'll come out and say, oh, yeah, well, some of these vaccinated people are also getting COVID, so it must not work. That's not that's why I'm not going to get it. I talked about this in TikTok. I'm going to explain this to you very carefully because what you hear on the news is only part of the story. You hear the headlines. They give you the salacious, scandalous stuff up front. Get your attention. They're clickbait, essentially. But here's the deal. If you have the vaccine, on a rare occasion, you will get somebody who gets COVID. And there's some concern whether those people getting COVID could in turn pass it on to somebody else. And that's particularly troubling to me because I have a young granddaughter, young grandson, grandnieces and nephews that aren't vaccinated and probably won't be for a while. So if I do get COVID, the good news is I won't get real sick. I won't get put in the hospital and I won't die from it. But if I get it, I can still pass it on to the younger generation in my family. And who knows what that will do? I don't want to do that. And unfortunately, the people who aren't getting vaccinated are putting us in this situation. Kay Ivey of Alabama, the governor. (laughs) I find this so funny. Kay Ivey of Alabama, the governor there, said that people need to get vaccinated. I can't believe why they're not getting vaccinated. We should hold the unvaccinated people at fault. Well, Kay, you're in Alabama. You have the lowest vaccination rate of any state in the country. You're at 39%. You pulled mask laws. Kay You're one of the reasons we have a problem in this country because you didn't believe in COVID. You didn't believe in masks and you didn't believe in the vaccination. Now your people are dying. You know, when election day comes, you're going to be responsible for those deaths. Now you're telling people, oh, get the vaccination. But it may be too late. It's too late for a lot of people who are dying now. And if those people who aren't vaccinated don't get COVID, I guarantee you this. Somebody they know or somebody they related to will die from COVID or the Delta variant. I know in my personal life, uh, during the COVID, before the Delta variant, I had at least six to seven people I knew personally that died of COVID. They're dead only because of COVID. A lot of these trolls will say, well, it's not all about COVID. It is about COVID. You know, they'll, they'll say to me, well, it was something else. Let me tell you something. I made a comparison, and I think it pissed some people off. I said, in the 80s, we had a pandemic called AIDS. It was sweeping across the country. People were getting sick. People were dying in mass. And the thing about it is, it was pretty centralized on the gay community. 
So the religious right came out and said, oh, this is God's punishment for the sin of homosexuality. That's what they said. So now jump ahead 40 years to the uh, pandemic and the Delta variant. Funny, now it's only affecting those unvaccinated, the Republicans and the religious right. So my question to them was, okay, if that was that, then are you telling me now that God is punishing you for your sins? Now, I'm not, I'm not so bold to say that's true, but based on their theory and their understanding, that could be only the case here. That's what's ironic about this whole virus thing. I told you a story once that when it first started, we were all appalled how Donald Trump did nothing about it. And that's part of the reason it went out of control and 600,000 people died. Donald Trump has the blood of 600,000 people on his hands. I don't care what you say or what you think, but that is a fact. And as I understand it, Jared Kushner, who was handling doing nothing about this COVID thing, got the idea that this COVID pandemic would hit the hardest in the big cities, which we know are largely liberal. The smaller cities, which are Republican, are more spread out, and it's not going to affect them as much. So Jared Kushner told Donald Trump, hey, let's let it go. It's going to kill liberal people, and it's just going to help us in the end. Who gives a shit? That's exactly what he said. Well, as it turned out, it affected everybody. It affected people in big cities. Uh, It affected people in small communities, and everybody got it. There was no distinction in terms of party when people were getting COVID and dying. The irony of this whole thing is that this thing started and got out of hand because of that attitude, and now we're at this point when COVID was starting to go away. Now we're getting this resurgent of uh, the, the Delta variant, and now it's only literally affecting the people in the religious right, the Republicans, the unvaccinated. If that isn't a pure example of karma, I don't know what is. And now the people on the right, the Hannity's, the Mitch McConnell's, the KIV's, they're shitting their pants. Because for whatever reason, they didn't believe it. And now their people are dying. And it's out of control. And there's not much they can do. They've told these people, don't take the vaccine. Don't take the vaccine. Don't take the vaccine. Now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, take the vaccine. You think they're going to believe you? People know that Donald Trump got the vaccine and still they decide not to get the vaccine. It's going to be a tough end of the summer and into the fall. There's going to be a lot of people getting sick and a lot of people dying. And at this point, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So the Republicans are going to take a big hit this summer and into fall as more and more people die from this. I think it's important that those of us who are vaccinated still be safe as we can. We still can get COVID. We probably aren't going to get sick, and we probably aren't going to get die. But we have to be careful because we could pass it along to our younger people in our families. So while we're safe, ultimately, we still need to be cautious, and we still need to be safe about it. If you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, wear the mask. If you want to stay away from certain crowds, certain places, or certain people, by all means, do it. 
They have a right not to wear a mask. They have a right not to be vaccinated, but they have to deal with the consequences. We have the right to be nowhere near these fucking people so that we get sick or our kids get sick. Well, that's going to do it for the Rational Boomer podcast. Thank you for joining me. Check out the uh, Lockdown Law podcast. I'm on there for, I don't know, about a half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. You might find out some information about me that you didn't know. If there is some information about me you do want to know, my lines are wide open. You can go to anchor.fm and go to Rational Boomer and leave me a voicemail message. Not a problem. I will answer it. If you want to do it through email, you can do it at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Well, you have a good start to the week. We'll be talking again between now and Friday, and we'll be seeing this select committee taken off. So it should be interesting. Have yourself a good week. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.